Good afternoon and welcome back to the EJS show on the Liberty Block with Ed, Jody, and Steve. We will be discussing various political issues and current events through conservative and libertarian lenses. This show is being recorded live and will be available within a few hours as a podcast, which can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud by searching for the Liberty Block. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, Hi, Ed. Hi, Jody. Jody, I'm going to turn it over to you to start the show. Thanks, Steve. Hi, Steve. Hi, Ed. So, you know, it's been it's been an interesting, uh, you know, week watching the Democrat convention and the Republican convention. So I wanted to start by uh, sharing a quote by Joe Biden and giving you my response to his quote. So here's the quote. This is a life changing election. This will determine what America is going to look like for a long, long time. Character is on the ballot. Compassion is on the ballot. Decency, science, democracy, they're all on the ballot. Who we are as a nation, what we stand for, most importantly, who we want to be, that's all on the ballot. The current president has cloaked America in darkness for much too long. Too much anger, too much fear, too much division. Here and now, I give you my word. If you entrust me with the presidency, I will draw on the best of us, not the worst, and make no mistake, until we can, uh, united we can, and will overcome this season of darkness in America. Okay, that was Joe Biden. My response to that is, amen, Joe. It is character on the ballot. We do need to overcome the season of darkness and the reprehensible leadership by division. And let's use facts to help us along. Fact, every single city that is drowning in the darkness of violence right now is being run by Democrats and most have been run by Democrats for decades. Minneapolis, Atlanta, Chicago, New York, Portland, Seattle, and now Kenosha, which is run by a Democrat. Fact, 11 out of the top 16 worst areas for heart-wrenching supplemental poverty measures are run by Democrats, many for decades. Meanwhile, the majority of the areas ranked best on the supplemental poverty measure are run by Republicans. Fact, 11 of the 15 worst states for COVID deaths, even accounting for population size, are run by Democrats. Yes, Joe, science is on the ballot. Fact, eight of the 10 worst states for unemployment are run by Democrats, while seven of the 10 best are run by Republicans. Fact, nine of the 10 worst cities for the devastation of official poverty rates are run by Democrats. And even the one outlier has been historically run by Democrats. Chicago, Philadelphia, Houston, El Paso, San Antonio, Columbus, Boston, Dallas, Chicago, New York, all putting Democrat policies and poverty on tragic display. Fact, eight of the nine worst cities for income inequality are run by Democrats, most for decades. The one outlier, Miami, has been split between the parties. Fact, the 10 most dangerous cities in our nation, and I'm not including the ones that I just highlighted above, the most 10 dangerous cities in our nation are, wait for it, run by Democrats most for decades. So yes, Joe Biden, compassion and decency are on the ballot. The party of Joe Biden has been ignoring the plight of the poor and minorities for decades, exploiting their struggles for their own political and financial gains while they fuel anger, fear, and division. Yes, Joe Biden, character and darkness are on the ballot. By pointing their fingers outward toward others for problems they ignore, Democrats tragically and too effectively distract people from knowing that it is the Democrats who are in fact the ones who lack character and promote the darkness. And let me just say this one last thing. Um, as you all know, I think, I used to be liberal. Uh, even at one point, I denounced God and I briefly became an atheist and I believed 
that government is the savior and government will provide, I bought into the liberal religion. For me at that time, religion didn't live up to facts and politics were all about feelings. I had it completely backwards. But let me just tell you, this is not really a matter of facts versus feelings. We're not living in an age where if you're on the left, you're guided by feelings. And if you're on the right, you're guided by facts. I am living proof of that because it is the facts which guide my feelings in this very moment. Where is the compassion on the left? Where is the decency? My feelings that it is tragic and immoral to turn a blind eye to those suffering from really ill-conceived policies that very clearly lock people into generational poverty and perpetual violence, those feelings are guided by the actual facts. So the problem isn't that the left is guided by feelings. The problem is that the left ignores facts. They often bury and attack facts and instead follow feelings that have far too little relationship with actual facts. So yes, Joe Biden, who we are, what we stand for, and who we want to be as a nation are all on the ballot. And please, God, please, God, may America wake up and choose truth. And that's my response. I'm ready to chat. Okay. Before I let anybody else respond, I want to talk about God. Oh, okay. And I want to thank God that Jody did not give that speech at the Republican National Convention so we could get it here on EJS. With that, Ed, would you like to respond? Well, sure. Hello, everybody. I'm not sure today is the EJS show. It might just be the J show. Worth it. It's worth it. That was quite a, quite a segment, Jody. Nice. I told you guys, uh, I worked up this week. Uh, while I don't disagree with anything that you said, I, I sort of have a, a slightly different view. Um, yes, all those things are on the ballot, but I think that I think that what Biden is really saying, if you strip it down to its bare essentials, is that the Democrats are putting dictatorship on the ballot and they want everybody to vote for it. And that's really what they're talking about. And the rest, I mean, all, all the other things that he says, all the other attacks on, on Trump not doing this or not doing that, I mean, to me, I mean, yes, there's a character issue, but I mean, you know, when I think about Joe, Joe Biden's character and, and the character of the average Democrat, or at least the average Democrat politician, my view is if you gave them an enema, their bodies could fit into a thimble. <laughs> so I repeat that. I, I didn't hear the last part. If you give them an enema, what? I said, if you gave them an enema, their bodies would, their bodies would fit into a thimble. So... You know, they can talk about character all they want. They can talk about, you know, how bad they think the other side is. They are some of the most vile, evil people who are trying to take advantage, not just of this phony pandemic. I mean, it's not a pandemic when you look at the amount of people that are dying from it. Um, but when, when you look at how they're trying to manipulate it to support a dictatorship, run by them and a one-party state run by them. And, you know, I watched the Democrat convention last week, not a word about the riots, not a word about the violence in our cities, you know, lots of talk about the bad economy, but not a single word about any Democrat governor or any Democrat mayor that is overseeing the shutdowns of the economy, not a word about how those same Democrat governors and Democrat mayors have suddenly found religion in the 10th amendment and said, Federalism prohibits the federal government from intervening either to clean up the riots or, or to end the lockdowns. We are witnessing civil liberties violations seen on a scale otherwise unknown in American history other than slavery and Jim Crow. And as I said in last week's show, the Democrat politicians that are running these big cities that are suppressing the civil liberties of people basic civil liberties like the right to worship, the right to work, the right to peaceably assemble, uh, the right to live free from, from harm and violence, um, and, and allowing this, not just allowing the violence to go forward, but condoning it and, and instructing the police to back off. These, these are our modern day Bull Connors. They are standing in front of us between 
our our liberty and our freedom and us and they are they're trying to take it away they're trying to take them away from us so um you know like i said they can talk about character all they want but if you gave them an enema they couldn't fit into a thimble so let the let's go forward from there okay uh two comments if i may one of which is actually serious First comment is if you're going to be talking about enemas and their effects on the body, we have other experts on this podcast when it comes to medical issues. So Jody accepts your apology. My second comment is for those of us under 25, could you just quickly tell us who Bull Connor is? I was going to ask that. Thank you. I'm not uh, a though. <laughs> Bull, Bull Connor was a, uh, I believe he was in Alabama. He was, I forget his... I don't know if he was a district attorney or I forget what his official role was, but he was a Democrat politician in the South. He was the one who ordered fire hoses and German shepherds to be uh, unleashed against people that were protesting against the civil rights movement in the 1950s and, and early 1960s. And he was he was sort of a symbol for the white supremacist uh, culture behind, underlying Jim Crow. Right, and then as he used it, it was the metaphor for standing in the way of our rights. Correct. Right, okay, so now everybody's educated. Um, Elliot, you wanna make any comments? Yeah, I have a lot of comments. When I first heard that Joe Biden quote, I hadn't really heard it until Jody said it a few minutes ago because I didn't watch the Democratic convention because I have a life and a job um, and I wouldn't watch it anyway because it would have made me sick. So well, I- Elliot, just so you know, I got that from the time, a Times piece, I think. Or something. Good. Good. Yeah. So when you said that, I, I had a lot of thoughts about Joe Biden saying all these great words. Just democracy. Democracy is on the ballot. Again, the U.S. is not a democracy. Democracy is literally a synonym with mob rule, which is a synonym with a more horrible thing that I'm not going to say on air. But mob rule means majority rules, meaning minority has no power. That's what democracy is. We are supposed to be a republic, not a democracy. Joe Biden still doesn't get that. If after 78 years and severe dementia he doesn't get it he never will that's fine he said decency and morality and like oh my god decency and characters on the ballot the guy who again i can't say certain things on air but he's the least decent person of all disgusting politicians he might be the most disgusting and i'm sure you've seen the videos and memes and gifs yeah uh he's has no even against trump who's not that you know decent biden has no uh like to stand on when he talks about morality what else did he say decency character science oh my god talk about science we published an entire article with about 100 sources on libertyblock.com about the science behind the COVID you know, pandemic and just the numbers. And I'm sure that's what Biden was referencing, saying that Trump is anti-science because he doesn't want to close the entire economy forever. Um, so, so he doesn't listen to Dr. Fauci enough, even though he does listen to Dr. Fauci too much. He should have fired him a year ago or you know, 40 years ago when he started being a doctor politician in DC, I believe. So yeah, science is on our side, not their side, of course on various issues. What else did Biden say in that quote? Because everything he said was just so unbelievable. Um, it really is. And, you know, okay, so uh, science, decency, uh, compassion. Yeah, compassion, um, he, yeah. Yeah, he talked about darkness, uh, about about uh, Trump fueling anger, fear, and division. I mean, it's it's like he's talking about himself, but he's talking about yeah. something. As far as division, that's interesting. A lot of politicians, especially modern politicians, are very divisive. Trump is very divisive. Biden is very divisive. But unlike Obama, who I think rarely tried to unite anyone, Trump very often in his speeches and in his actions, do he does try to unite a lot of people. He, you know, he reaches out to the left a lot and he says, I want to be the president for everyone. He's done a lot of things that people on the left and minorities and women love, like the First Step Act, which which was tremendous and had a lot, a lot of parts. It was a very big act, but it helped a lot of people with criminal justice reform, getting people out of jail and decreasing sentencing, getting people out of jail for, for nonviolent crimes and helping them get back into a community and getting a good job. So that's something that Democrats should have won on. One of the few issues most people in the U.S. think that, that the left is, is winning on is uh, civil liberties, criminal justice reform, police reform, prison reform, and Trump just destroyed them. He just beat them. He took their play. That's a play that they should be really good at. And Trump beat Kamala the cop and Joe Biden the dictator. So again, that's one more issue. I think that we're looking at a very big 300, 350, 400 point, you know, electoral college win for Trump, maybe. You know, Elliot, you brought up division and politicians and kind of that's how it works. But, you know, one of the things, because this has been on my mind a little bit lately, as I 
myself, even in just that missive, you could look at all these facts that I spewed and you could say, I'm just blaming Democrats. I'm being divisive. And but so I think that there needs to be a rational and reasonable uh, distinction between simply pointing your finger at someone and saying you're doing this and sort of taking back the narrative by pointing out what is actually true. And it's it's unfortunate, but when somebody's going to point their finger at you and say you're doing this and you come back with the facts and say, oh, no, but the facts say that you're doing it. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm not blaming yeah. them. I'm, and just telling, like, I'm taking back the narrative by highlighting the facts. I don't think you can take back the narrative when the entire media is against you. Well, yeah, just like in 2016 when, when Clinton, which, what might have been the, the deciding factor, the, the uh, turning point in 2016 election where Hillary was supposed to win, she had, she had essentially won. They just had to do the vote, but everyone knew she won. Is when she called half of America basket of deplorables because they'd consider voting for Trump. Again, she had an opportunity to unite and instead she divided. And we see Biden doing the same thing, calling anyone who disagrees with him a uh, dog-faced pony monkey soldier or whatever he calls them, calling them fat, calling them a-holes, um, being divisive. And you know a lot of horrible things he's saying about conservatives, not saying, hey, let's all come together and vote for Biden. He could say, let's all come together, vote for Biden, vote for Democrats, but Democrats represent us all. I, I don't agree with it, but he could say that, and that would sound better than calling us all dumb, stupid, redneck, hillbilly a-holes like him and Obama have done for eight years, calling Texas the swamp of crazy and saying everyone from Texas is crazy because they love guns. But now again, we see this with, with Clinton. We see this with Pelosi. I don't know if you have it in the show notes, but Pelosi just said Trump and Republicans are the enemy of the people. Why divide like that? I think that I think things like this are the reason they're going to lose again. They didn't learn their lesson. They still think that every conservative is a dumb, evil, bigoted, greedy a-hole and they're going to lose again because they just and i said this i said four years ago the day after the election i said democrats didn't learn their lesson they still think that they can call every single republican and every non-democrat so libertarians too every independent they can call everyone who's not a card-carrying democrat a stupid greedy uneducated hillbilly a-hole who loves guns and clings to god and religion and they're stupid and they're a swap of crazy deplorables you're going to lose again they don't learn their lesson I just, I hope well, you're right that they're going to lose again. Ed, you want to say something? I was just going to say, projection ain't just a way to watch old movies. <laughs> so, you know, they can make all those accusations, but the accusations are really confessions. They're telling you what's in their soul and who they are. Um, you know, they, there's not an ounce of truth behind it. Um, and I would just say, you both, you know, both Jody and, and Alu have talked about, you know, we don't need this divisiveness. And, and I think I take the other side. I think we need a little more divisiveness. I don't want to unify with people like that. We need to be as separate and divided from them as possible. Those are people that have, they mean ill will towards me, towards Jody, Stephen, all of us on this show, probably almost everybody listening to this show. Those people mean us harm. And I wouldn't want to be united with them. I wouldn't want them anywhere near me. And so I don't, you know, I don't think that divisiveness in that context is necessarily a bad thing. I think we need some separation. I think we need, you know, I think we need to each go in our corners and, and play in our own, in our own yards and do our own thing. And, you know, really that the left is unwilling to do that because they're totalitarian in their souls and they want to rule everybody. Um, but that's really the solution is, is more division, not less. Actually, I, I hear the word division in a slightly different way because I, I agree with you totally, Ed. I think in the sense of not speaking of us as more than one country and it's black versus white and poor versus rich, et cetera, et cetera. I do want to point out that I'm not following the Republican convention that closely, but I did hear that they got a white person to pretend he was Herschel Walker and that they got a white person to pretend he was some kind of Cuban refugee who gained from um, the American way of life, et cetera. So obviously if Trump and the Republicans wanted to be inclusive, they could have gone with the original people instead of uh, getting white people to play them. What do you want to say, Jody? Oh, hi, Beth. I was just going to say, no, that's not what they're doing. They're parading these people around to be proof that they're not racist. Okay, so they're tokens. Yeah, they're tokens. Yes. Because right, they can't Every... possibly have a brain of their own. No, they have no brain. They're just tokens of the right. Well, I actually heard, because you know there was that viral video that went around this week, 
about that non-black woman from Baltimore who was pretending to be black, but we know clearly from Joe Biden that she ain't yeah. black. She ain't black. She's a super black. token. Because, yeah, well, she ain't black, so she can't be a token. And it's really believable how they get away with that. And it wouldn't matter if the Republican Party were all minority. The media would still push and say that they're the divisive, exclusive, et cetera, party. You could have 45 Candace Owenses and 45 Kim Klasics and 100 Clarence Thomases, we should be so lucky, et cetera, et cetera. The media will never let that narrative out. So well, you just have to remember that Every, every time the left makes an accusation, it's really a confession. Anytime they accuse us of something, they're just telling you what they've done, what they intend to do, and what's in their hearts and what's in their souls. They can't conceive of anybody being fair-minded or reasonable or not viewing people through the lens of race. And that's, that's really all it is. Amen. So then it, it only it keeps going back to at least in my uh, one-track mind, media, 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 how do we beat it? So we got one convert, we got Jody, with lots of passion, lots of knowledge. How do we expand that? Well, there's no shortcut. The, the, the way to expand that is by retaking the culture. And there are a whole bunch of different places, whether it's the schools, um, you know, movies, um, having our own alternative media. I mean, that's what the Liberty Block is, is a small part of. Uh, but, you know, tying it back to current events, I think, I think that the Democrats are seriously miscalculating on this whole shutting down the schools business. I think it offers us a great opportunity to turn it right back on them and say, you know what, we don't need these schools. Let's shut them down. Let's, let's come up with Khan Academy or Google University or some of the, you know, some alternative or maybe you know, the Foundation for Economic Education can co start coming out with things or, or other, other groups start coming out with alternative ways to educate our children and our university students. And that would be a, a great way to start breaking the left's hold on the culture. And, and they're practically putting it on a silver platter for us by shutting down schools and shutting down universities. And, you know, people are tired of paying property taxes for, for local schools. People are beyond tired. They're outraged at the cost of a college education we've got a great opportunity right now and and we can take back education i think really quickly if we if we play it right and if we win this election so i only snippets who was that woman who spoke um against education union she was like the first or second speaker anybody know what i'm talking about um, i've been watching but i don't remember that one because i heard snippets of her on um trying to think which show. It may have been Seb Gorka's show. And she was fantastic, one of the main speakers speaking against teachers unions because they're destroying the whole education system. Yeah, Elliot, go ahead. I just remembered my question I was gonna ask earlier. It's a genuine question. Um, there are more than 12 speakers at the RNC, right? Because I saw a meme and I think it had like 12 speakers, but it might've just been the first night. And it said, if, if six out of 12 of the speakers at your convention have the same last name, of Trump, clearly, you know, it's more of a dictatorship like North Korea. But those 12 are only like, that was a few speakers. And then the, the you know, Trump, Melania Trump, his son, his daughter, daughter-in-law, whatever. I assume that was the first night because there are more than 12 speakers, right? I'm sure there were more than 12 speakers. Yes, okay, I don't okay. remember how many there are. So but yeah, so that meme was not always, totally accurate, I guess. Press will always find a way to spin against Trump. Go ahead, yeah. Jody. So I was going to speak to your... Um, comments about media. What do we do? And this has also been on my mind lately. And I've, I've sort of come to this sort of thought that, you know, when you look media, Hollywood, and politicians on the left, it's like they all have in common uh, that they're actors. They all have acting in common and they all have this sort of, um, they, they use their acting to entertain you by pulling at your emotions. Media, Hollywood, and Democrats. They kind of go hand in hand. But um, about 10 years ago, in the beginning of my journey away from liberalism, that, that's been my whole complaint is that uh, politics follows culture. Culture comes first. And yep. for whatever reason, the people on the right have never even gotten onto that playing field when I think back 
to my younger days watching TV. All I'm doing is watching a TV show, right? But while I'm watching that TV show, little to my knowledge, I am internalizing liberal priorities while I watch characters, you know, uh, play out sex in the closet and the whatever, you know, whatever. Um, so, but the tragedy is, is that because the truth is largely on our side, if we had had investors that would inv actually invest in cultural media and have done it a long time ago, I'm gonna give you an example. Healthcare, Elliot, healthcare is your subject too. So in this very moment, there are providers out there, you know, doing the um, direct care system who are basically our worldview on display, we could put into stories. So, you know, the, everybody likes the hospital shows and the doctors and the nurses, you know, and the, you know, that kind of thing. Well, you could weave in our worldview using real stories that these providers are um, actually seeing right now, like Canadians coming to their uh, practices. And you could play that out in a TV show where people, people are just, they just want to tune in to see if this doctor and this nurse get it on, you know, stuff like that. But you're watching, well, wait, this Canadian is crying saying, oh, I can't get this. What do you mean I can only get it? I that get is it. a phenomenal idea. So good, I got to cut you off. That yeah. idea is so good. So you make so an interesting our investors, point. Our whole life's worldview on the right could be played out in culture, just like the left has done to begin to take back the cultural narratives. And I'm telling you right now, we've seen it in action. Once you own the cultural narratives, the, the policies sell themselves. You don't have to do a damn thing. And in fact, watch what Democrats are doing because that's exactly what they did. They bought the cultural narrative decades ago and now they can lie, cheat, steal, murder, kill. They can do anything they want and the policy sells itself. Because they have these shows and I, I've, seen a lot of these shows. Um, there are a lot of medical shows, like you said, the, the typical soap opera is, you know, telenovela and the hospital, you know, the Spanish ones, but also the American ones, the general hospital, all the soap operas, they're, they're very often in healthcare because it's, it's high emotion inherently. And, you know, the doctors and nurses all hook up. Um, yeah. So a lot of these shows are based on this, you know, from Scrubs, which is more of a comedy to Grey's Anatomy, Grey's Anatomy, which is more of a drama and a lot of others. There's a new one called uh, New Amsterdam, I think. Um, it, it's based on NYU, so it's, it's a new show on uh, NBC, probably so some you know big network, and and these you know have millions of views, but they they are increasingly poisoning with leftist indoctrination. For instance, Scrubs started 10, 20 years ago now. Scrubs is old. Um, I didn't see a lot of leftist you know dogma on that. Um, Grey's Anatomy probably not a ton either. They're all like based in Seattle and they're all pretty leftist uh, doctors, but but that's fine. But the newest one, New Amsterdam, came out the first season a year or two ago now. And I, I actually wrote a whole article about New Amsterdam on Liberty Block. I reviewed it. I watched the first season. I thought there was a lot of good. It was a very realistic show based on NYU. And I was in NYU. So I, I literally like, you know, some of the scenes I think are from NYU Medical Center in Manhattan. It was based on that. And um, no, sorry, it was based on Bellevue. It was based on, on Bellevue, which is a New York City public hospital run by the government. So they, they bring up some very serious issues of homelessness and, you know, frequent flyers in the ER, some serious issues. But then on the solution, they say, let's go total full steam socialism for the solution. And, and the doctor, the protagonist, who's this amazing, courageous, brave hero, amazing, beautiful, awesome, smart doctor, the protagonist, who becomes the uh, uh, chief medical officer, the, the chief of medicine of that, of that hospital, um, he's you know, very, very adamant about we need 100% gun control, the fact that we even have any guns in the city, even if cops have guns, no one in the city should have guns. He straight up says it. No one in the city has guns, but damn politicians don't have you know, the guts to do it. Um, he says, we need to focus on global warming. And they have patients come in who say, you know, we were traveling in the Arctic, but the ice just wasn't there. You know, global warming is melting the world. So there's a lot. I mean, there's socialism. There's all the socialist high taxes and, and the, the government runs the hospital. Oh, we don't bill anyone. It's all by taxes. We don't bill anyone in this hospital. It's very, very socialist. So now, 20 years ago, it was different. Now, TV shows like New Amsterdam, I believe it's on NBC, big network. It is a purely socialist show, which is pushing socialism first, uh, drama second, and medicine third. But the first thing is socialism and indoctrination. And that's the issue. Now, you had a great idea. One more point for one second. You had a great idea. And I, I came to mind is my friend, Dr. Keith Smith. He's an anesthesiologist in Oklahoma, who I think 20, 20 25 years ago started the surgery, surgical center of Oklahoma. And it is a pure, like you said, DPC. It's a pure free market, no insurance, no BS, no socialism, 
system of just surgical centers. They do tons of surgeries. He says, he's told me, when I interviewed him, he told me he has tons of patients coming from Canada and he's had like 180 countries. Every country in the world, people have come to, and from every state as well, I believe. People have come in, pay cash, 3,000 bucks, get a surgery. They do phenomenal, great reviews. They love it. Now, we can't do him because he's not an actor and he's busy doing you know, anesthesiology and surgery, but we can, do, we can make a show if we write a script, you and I, if we write a script, they have and, you know, make a show about something like that and some drama with the nurses and doctors, obviously some drama and the patients, patients are sick and they're trying to get, you know, maybe they'll try to get a visa from China to come here for a surgery. So they could pay a few thousand bucks and get a surgery. And there's drama with that too, political stuff and other drama of them being sick and needing a certain surgery. And then we can have internal drama in the surgical center. That could be a great show if we write a script for it. Two comments. Speaking for the elderly among us, one of the greatest shows of our generation was All in the Family. If I remember correctly, it tore up all the ratings for many, many years. But that oh, show, in my opinion, destroyed the culture. Is that Tim Allen? I'm sorry? No, no. That was, um, it was done by Norman Lear and uh, what's his name? The guy... Uh, Meathead, Rob Reiner's son, right? Rob Reiner, right. Rob yeah. Reiner and and uh, Carol O'Connor were in it. I mean, that was but, a phenomenal show, but I believe destroyed Do you know the, the history culture. of that? Do you know no, the history of that one, Steve? No, go The for history it. of All in the Family was that they believed that they, were mo- that they were using the Archie Bunker character to mock modern America. And they didn't realize that it was gonna turn backfire on them and that most of America was actually gonna identify with Archie Bunker and, and like the show. That's why it was so much more successful than they thought it was gonna be. But am I wrong that Meathead won the culture and Archie Bunker lost it eventually? Um, I think you're right about that, but I don't think it's because of the show. Um, and I know you had a second point, so I'll let you make your second point, And then I'll, I wanted to say something about what Elliot and Jody were saying. Okay, it's a miracle. I actually sort of remember my second point. Um, Elliot, when you were talking about the show that you and Jody are going to be writing, um, you mentioned, you know, the doctors and the nurses can do what it is that doctors and nurses do outside the OR. And the problem is that the old-fashioned conservative America, they didn't do that kind of stuff. So conservative lives are inherently a little bit more boring. You know, one of my favorite songs is Grandpa from, what is it, the Judds or something? Where is that from? And, you know, marriage meant something and fidelity meant something, et cetera, in the pre-Tinder, pre-Ashley Madison world. It's not an exciting life. They produce shows like Leave It to Beaver. I was going to say that for Jody. And it's not as exciting. I know, I know. They're very good. Go, Jody. And it had a second point. They're not our audience. They're not who we need to convert. So we shouldn't cater to what conservatives want to watch. That's a good point, too. Cater to what me 12 years ago wanted to watch. The convertible. You don't want to watch Leave It to Beaver. What's that? Okay, you don't want to watch Leave It to Beaver, and we don't want to produce that kind of stuff. Where, well, let me, let me Ed just, had a second point. Ed had another yeah, point, I think. Yeah, just, I, I wanted to just respond a little bit because I, I think I have a little bit of a different, uh, different take than, uh, than Jody and, and Alu were, were presenting. Um, I, I don't think that we're, I don't think our problem is a lack of propagandizing on the right, and I don't think that we're going to win by trying to come up with, our, with better propaganda than, than the left. Um, I don't think that the solution is to try and inject conservative ideas into the culture that way. Um, I think that the way to to inject conservative ideas is to live them and to show them and to model them. Um, I think that it would be much better to just withdraw from from leftist culture. And and we've got a great example going on right now with the return of professional sports during the summer. Professional sports leagues have alienated their core constituency they, they have taken these left-wing causes and they've alienated the uh white male demographic that is the largest audience for professional baseball professional basketball and professional football although football hasn't started yet but people are not watching baseball and and basketball right now and i know that there are a lot of people that are not looking to, to watch football i know the nfl has lost me and i've been a customer for I'm, you know, for almost 50 years now. Hashtag me too. And so I think that the, I don't think that the solution, you're right that the left is propagandizing, propagandizing us through TV and through movies. And, and I'm not saying that we should just accept that sitting down, but I don't think that the solution is 
to have our own propaganda. Um, I don't think that the purpose of movies or TV is to propagandize. It's to feed the soul and nourish the soul. And I think that we can just live better, you know, live better lives and show better lives. Um, and, you know, I, I can't think of some examples off the top of my head, but there, there have been movies I know that I've seen in, in recent years that sort of had conservative, more conservative themes that didn't have the liberal uh, worldview in them. And they always seem to do well at the box office and contrary to expectations. And, and, you know, I wasn't prepared to talk about this. I, you know, and I don't see a lot of movies, so I don't, I'm not a, an encyclopedia of movies, but uh, they come along and it's not, they don't succeed because of propaganda. They succeed precisely because there's a lack of propaganda because people are happy that they can just see a hero saving the day and they don't have to watch some, you know, anti-hero be, be treated as the hero in the, in the story. So I, I don't, you know, that's, that's just my take. I, I don't think that we need to, to propagandize from our side. I think we just need to separate from them and let them have their, let them roll in the mud with their own crap and their own movies and their own TV. And just, you know, the same way that we're walking away from the NFL and walking away from major league baseball and the NBA, just walk away from these shows and walk away from these movies. And, you know, suddenly they won't be, ha they won't have the money that they have. We should just, you know, vote with our dollars. Okay, go Jody, I'm gonna let you rebut. So, so I want to read the definition of propaganda. The definition of propaganda is information, especially of a biased or misleading nature used to promote or publicize a particular cause or point of view. I'm not suggesting anything misleading. I'm suggesting we have failed to put our worldview on display. One of the reasons why people love World War II movies that are based in truth is because they love that hero scenario. And it's the truth in it, the, the fact that it's true and someone was a hero that inspires people. I'm suggesting that we take the truth, the truth within our worldview, and we allow it exposure through the culture by doing, how does culture uh, um, absorb things? Through shows, through, through, they like to be entertained. That's why, why, why have Democrats uh, um, um, connected with so well with the actors and with media? Because it's about entertainment. Unless we get on that football field of entertainment, we won't win. I'm not sure how I get how just living it is going to work that hasn't worked previously. And, and I hold myself as an example where I was absorbing politics and policies through culture. And so even all use I'm saying is take truth, take the truth, the truth that's in our worldview and well, put it on display through things that people that's, Well, that's exactly, you know, the example of Leave it to Beaver came up earlier and that's exactly what Leave it to Beaver did and Father Knows Best and even I Love Lucy. I mean, you know, those things, you know, that's how it was done. It wasn't done as, you know, as propaganda. And you know, in your I'm whole, not suggesting you, in your, propaganda. I'm not suggesting. Well, yeah. and I think but I think what Jody is saying. I, I think I I'm think if you read dishonesty. the no, no, you're not calling you're not calling it propaganda. And I'm not trying to accuse you. I'm not trying to have an argument with you. But if you read your definition, your definition perfectly fit everything. It fit what you said, with the exception of one word, which was misleading. And I don't think misleading is essential to the definition of propaganda. I mean, it can be part of it, but um, you're trying to influence other people, and I. And I, no. I just don't think that's the proper, so I, I I think, the proper role for, for TV and movies. Yeah, one, one point I would make is that imagine that you are the 18-year-old uh, the kid who goes to college and becomes a, a communist because they, all they're exposed to is Marxism and yep. what they're taught about, about free market stuff and, and everything says communism is that it is evil and greedy. What I think Jody is getting at is when they turn on the TV, there should be one show, which would be the Liberty Block Hospital show, the surgical show that we're going to write if you write a script because I don't have time for it. And, all, and on that, it won't be propaganda necessarily, but they're going to see that a free market system could exist and it's not all bad. So just well, I mean, I, exposing you know, I'm not them big, to that is okay. I, I'm not a big TV watcher, but I, I know Tim Allen has a show. I think it's called like Last Man Standing or something. That's what it was, and, yeah. And, and I see that sometimes on TV and that show has conservative themes and doesn't, it doesn't uh, you know, champion the liberal causes. There are some shows like that. I mean, I agree wholeheartedly that 99% of what you find on TV and in the movies is, is left-wing nonsense and propaganda. But what I'm saying is the way to combat that is not with propaganda from our side. 
I, I don't think that's going to succeed. I don't think that can succeed. I don't think, I don't think you could make compelling stories that would last. I think you, you need to make, yeah. I think, I think you need to make the compelling, the compelling story is sort of self-contained and then sort of the, the props that are in it maybe can have more conservative themes in it. But the, the story has got to come first. I think, I don't think it goes in the other way. I don't think it goes the other way around. So the fact that the left has done it so well, it's been so effective over the last several decades, doesn't that kind of tell you that's a little bit how people roll? They sort of just absorb politics through culture and that if you don't get in on that, uh, you lose. Well, that's what the family is for. See, they don't have a lot of families. So they use TV oh. and public school system in Hollywood. And so but again, you lose. what we can do is raise our children with you know, a mother and a father, God forbid, if you're hetero. Well, but um, listen, do you hear how many parents now, conservative parents, are losing their kids to liberalism? And it's their fault. It's their it's fault for not, not raising their kids. No, well, it's not. Jody, Jody, why is it more important? Why is it more important? Why would it be more important? You're, you're talking about parents losing their kids. Why would it be more effective and more important to, to try and come up with an alternative TV industry than to say, for example, come up with an alternative online, you know, educational industry and keep the kids out of these indoctrination centers, otherwise known as schools. Ed, you're a parent, you know, uh, especially when kids, kids get to become a certain age, what happens? Your parents become dumb and evil. And what do you do? You listen to your peers. Your peers are gathering a lot of their information from media, from TV that they watch. They're talking about the media and the TV that they watch. And that's where they're susceptible to all of a sudden, well, mom and dad, you've always been wrong. You're just stupid. You don't know anything. And there that's what community is for. You, not only should you raise your kids decently, you should, you should be in a community where your neighbors and friends are not socialist communists in North Korea. When okay. my kids are raised here, they'll be with the neighbors who are also decent human beings. Who believe you know what? In, in 20 okay. years, it's going to be hard to find those communities. I agree. I'm a pessimist too. I agree. Okay. I, I just want to make a comment. I really want to chime in here on Jody's side. And I'm afraid to do so because it's a form of sexism for me to imply that Jody needs my help in defending oh. her position. So now I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. Well, now you're on the other side. Oh, just be sexy. I mean, sexist. <laughs> Now you're in trouble. No, I, I really, um, I'm listening to the other argument. Hashtag me too now. <laughs> I'm listening to the other arguments and I'm open to them, but I, I totally agree with Jody that we've been so unbelievably brainwashed by culture without even noticing it. Um, the white male has been destroyed on every TV show, every commercial. Um, everybody, not a white male has been so totally... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Built up by, you know, TV and commercials, et cetera, et cetera. I, I have to totally side with her that that form of propaganda has changed. Not to mention which it dumbs us down. And there's no, I mean, you go back to our days, you know, true heroes and movies who had something called character. Um, of course, it was dead white European male character, but it was something called character. So I... I'd like to hear more arguments as to why Jody and her uh, male defender are incorrect. Well, I don't well, think- Well, since I, Ed is a male, by definition, he's inferior, meaning by definition, he needs my help because males are inferior. So I'll help Ed, I guess. Um, the two great points that Ed makes is number one, the, the solution is just separate. Like he said, we need to separate from them. Um, and I think we all generally agree. We can't coexist with, with radical communists who hate freedom. We need okay, to separate Jody, from them. Jody and, doesn't and, agree with that point. Okay, we'll argue succession later. The second great point that Ed makes is that, again, I don't think that we need to be doing the propaganda. I think the, the important point I would focus on, the focal point is, is parents raising children as opposed to using the TV. I should just use my ability as a parent to raise my children in a certain way. For instance, I was raised by my father in a certain way. And yes, I saw public school, I saw TV, I saw girls, I saw drugs, but those core years, which I think is two to five years old in adolescent, in, in a, you know, uh, child psychology is, is actually what crafts, you know, like 99% of people's morals and ideology for life. And from two to six, from two to five, two to six, I was raised with decent morals, believing in freedom, honesty, hard work, integrity, and that lasted for a lifetime. So I agree with all the points we could, I wish we had more TV channels like FBN and, uh, you know, OAN, which is pro-conservative because 99% of the channels are, are communist, but I think that the key is, is 
raising children here at the child, which is, I think, more effective than outsourcing to a TV Okay, but, but the problem with that is, since the entire culture promotes not doing it that way, we can't even start with parents raising children. We need to totally separate from that culture. That culture start that way. So no, no, you got to push back on that, Elliot, because if you, don't, if you surrender there, then uh, Elliot's 100% right. It's got to start in the home with the parents and the children. And yes, there are a lot of competing forces out there. Yes, I'm a parent, and there are lots of things that, you know, my son is, is exposed to, and uh, sometimes he, I don't want to say he believes it because I, I've done a good job raising him, uh, you know, candidly. And, um, but it, it, it starts at, at the home, it starts with parents, and it must start with parents. It can't start from a top-down approach, even through a cultural, you know, th through the culture. It's got to start with parents raising their children right. And insofar as we're dealing with, you know, a, a hostile culture, we just have to, you know, remain unmixed with that culture and remain pure. And I, I agree, you know, Steve, you, you, you say that, uh, you know, you agree with Jody. I, I agree with Jody's diagnosis of the problem. There's, I don't think there's any question that the left has used the arts and culture to propagandize its message. I'm disagreeing not with the diagnosis, but with the prescription. I think that having us try and do the same thing is just never going to work. I mean, we're not good enough at it, and I wouldn't want to be good at that. That's not the way to win. The way to win is just to live a better life, to teach your children better values, and, and to be better people, and to stay away from those people. I mean, you're we're just never going to persuade them. So why, why try to? Why, why try and mix with them? Why, we, we started off this discussion about divisiveness. Well, we need to a little divisiveness. Let them have their lives. Let them have their miserable, sad, disgusting lives. Let them, you know, let them show, you know, heads of household, you know, the men in their TV shows being weak, pathetic losers who can't figure out how to put their pants on straight. And, and we'll have, you know, Leave it to Beaver and, and Father Knows Best and whatever other kind of TV shows that come up with, we come up with in the future. And we'll raise our kids our way and they'll raise their kids their way and, and we'll see who's, you know, who's happier. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what I, I mean. I don't disagree with jo Jody's diagnosis. I just disagree with the prescription for the cure. Okay, I'm gonna give it right back to Jody in one second. I wanna point out today is a major milestone, not just because this is our 10th show, but also because in only 10 shows, we have gotten Ed to agree with Elliot. So I think that's a major milestone for the Liberty Block. I don't know what that's all about. Elliot's a brilliant guy, and I agree with lots of things he says. Thank you, thank you. And you guys, I think he means you, guys, you guys always agree. Okay, go, go ahead, Jody. Okay, uh, so uh, first of all, I agree with a lot of what you say, Ed, but I, I honestly think that just sitting back and saying, okay, everybody just be good parents, in particular, in a time where growingly the left is uh, uh, taking steps to uh, separate the whole parental unit, okay? Uh, the growing number of people born with one parent or all these things if we just sit back and say, okay, you go your way, we're gonna just teach our kids the right you know, morals and values, which obviously I'm a proponent of that. I was born with good moral people. I teach my kids good morals as well. But ignoring the fact that culture, in my opinion, culture plays a huge, huge factor in how that plays out in particular for people who are lacking it in a home, in 20 years, we're gonna be sorry that we said, oh, we're just gonna to go to our corner and raise our kids morally because our kids are gonna, uh, you know, I'm doing my best. I think I'm, I think I'm raising great kids, but I'm also honest and they're gonna get out there and they're gonna be influenced by their friends and their culture and it can't be just me. And well, I know, I it, know for a fact that kids absorb things through well, peer Sure, sure, but I mean, let me, give you a, let me give you a historical counterexample, though. I mean, yeah, I, I, who can disagree that kids absorb things through the culture? I agree, but, you know, Christianity started off with the Christians being thrown to the lions by the Romans. 
And it took between two and 300 years at a time when, you know, you didn't have internet, you didn't have instant communication. And Christianity took over the, the Roman Empire by, by purifying itself and saying, well, we're just not going to, we're, we're not going to be affected by you people. We're going to live our own pure, clean life. Um, I'm not a Christian and I'm not advocating for Christianity by saying that, but I just think historically there's some, there's some truth to that. And, and even look at what the Muslims are doing today. You know, they have their own culture and they're not surrendering one bit of it. They're not mixing with us and they're getting stronger by, by being true to their culture and by not mixing with our culture. And so I, I just, I think that historically and even in contemporary examples, I, I don't think that it's hopeless to say, we're going to just live, you know, live according to our values and our way. And, you know, maybe this, maybe the whole ship is going to go down. I, I don't know, but um, I just don't think we can win the kind of battle that you're suggesting. I, 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 that's what I think. I, so I'm sorry, go ahead. Somebody who I, I'm telling you all right now, I would not have voted the way I voted if I had known truths that I know now. And I, I am absolutely certain there, People just like me, I was work, you know, working my way through nursing school. I was then going to my nursing job. I was living my life and capturing things all up here. And so when it came time for politics, oh yeah, that's, I know that because I, I saw that in this movie. Oh yeah, and that West Wing president, oh my God, he was the, he should get all the power because you know, they're really good. Those, they're really good, give them all the power. I'm just saying, I can, and, and I, I, I don't, I, I hate to say, I'm tr not trying to blame that. I'm trying to say it's an, it's a factor and it's a really important factor. And I know there are people out there just like me who are so easily sold on the policy stuff because they've absorbed it in culture and they're busy living their lives and they have no idea they're being snowed and manipulated. Well, let me, let me offer, I mean, I, I, I know you a little bit. I, you know, we're not, you know, friends for, for 40 years or anything, but um, let me give you some credit that maybe you're not giving yourself. Um, I believe that the essential thing that you have, the essential character trait that you have that led you to overcome those cultural factors was honesty. And I think that if a person has honesty, he'll, that he or she will eventually come to question things. And if they don't, if the person doesn't have honesty, all the propaganda in the world is not going to help. I all do the, agree there. I totally agree. Sorry. That I agree totally. There are some who, it doesn't matter. But there are pools of me 12 years ago out there. And they're valuable. And I'm not willing to just say, I just, I feel like we could get in on the media. And again, I'm not talking about lying. I'm talking about literally real stories of our worldview in action could be the fundamental underlying theme in some of these entertaining. And, and we're already doing it. So what you're saying is we should demonstrate that we have our values exist as well. Yes. And the future is not on the TV. The future is on, on YouTube and other platforms and on YouTube it's a bigger platform with less of a barrier to entry, meaning there are plenty of shows and other videos you can watch. For instance, I spent the better part of the last few years watching shows about shooting and gunsmithing. So a lot of kids can get interested in that and see that that world exists as well. And there are entire you know, shows or, or a vlog or episodes or stories or real or fake or drama, but mostly just real stories about shooters. Jerry Mitchellek, a shooter, his daughter, a great shooter. She's like 16, but she's like a professional shooter. Um, reloaders, plenty of reloaders, plenty of um, other shooting sports guys. There are hunters. There are sniper, uh, long, long range shooters. There are plenty of videos where millions and millions of views, meaning myself, but also millions of others kind of got obsessed with these videos for years. I've seen tons of these long range videos and gunsmithing videos and reloading videos. So with YouTube, I know Google doesn't want to be helping our cause, but they are because YouTube has no barrier to entry really, while TV has a tremendous barrier to entry. So YouTube is helping. So we are doing these things, but I still do want to do that show with you about, about showing them that free market medicine like TPC or SEO can exist. Dude, absolutely. You saw my videos I made on that subject. Yep, There's stories great. All, all over, stories. Yeah. Okay, so be it resolved that Liberty Block is going to the production business. <laughs> Only if Jody is the chief writer because I'm too busy. Oh. Where be it? Oh. Um, and we get funding. Those things aren't cheap. 
Yes, we need investors. Well, if each of us can donate, let's say, ten million right now while we're here, I think we can get it off the ground. Ten um, million grivna or ten million dollars? I'll stop with the Russian, <laughs> which is absolutely worthless. Okay, anybody want a uh, final closing statement? I do. Go for Sorry, it. Sorry, I don't want to steal it. Somebody else can go first. Well, well, there are a lot of other topics that we'd like to get to. I have to leave it about a minute. But a lot of other topics, one thing is that, you know, I think you wrote here that Biden should not concede if he loses, which I think we all know the election will not be over in November. It'll be over maybe in a few more months or years, because maybe we should do a whole show next week on that, on whether they should ever concede if they lose, but the election will be dragged out forever. Um, we have a lot of other issues you didn't get through that I'd love to get to. Uh, we could talk about it next week, I suppose, about the, the person who was carrying an unloaded firearm in their bag in, in Empire State Building because we were visiting from Wyoming. And again, Wyoming, I've been there. It's a different world where they can't imagine that gun laws exist. They just don't realize that guns are illegal in New York City. And this person might go to jail forever for their whole life because some teenage girl seemingly didn't realize that if you carry a firearm in New York, you know, you go to jail forever. So not really a closing statement, but I think we should... Um, talk about that we'll we get to everything we just got caught up in how can we change anything if it's media and since we're going to go way past 10 shows hopefully soon we'll celebrate our 100th show mm -hmm. and we'll still be as young as we are today so we're going to get to all that ed you want to say something before we let jody close us out sure well as far as hillary clinton telling biden not to concede hillary hasn't conceded the 2016 election yet so i'm not surprised that that's her strategy um, my view is that the Democrats have declared war on the United States of America. What we're seeing now is no longer riots. We're seeing an insurrection. Uh, the Democrats that are running these states and cities are complicit and not just complicit, but actively encouraging it and participating in it. Um, so I, I am not surprised that the plan is to, is to not concede. Um, I was a little surprised by that statement though, because in my view, I think that the whole purpose of mail-in voting is to further the fraud machine that the Democrats have been trying to perfect. Um, and I, I can only, in my conclusion from, from Hillary making that statement is they don't think that they're starting to question whether the fraud machine is going to be enough to get them over the top, at least at the beginning. Um, I, I think that there's a, you know, I don't want to predict that it's going to be a, a, a big wave for Trump, but um, I watched the Democrat convention last week. I've watched, We've seen two days of the four of the Republican convention, and I think uh, the two stand in very stark contrast. The light versus dark analogy or uh, metaphor that was used in both conventions, I think definitely applies. And I think that I leave it, well, I would say I'd leave it to the audience to judge which one was light, which one was dark. But to me, you know, I'll, I'll, you know it's, we're, we're talking about my opinion. My opinion, it was no contest. The, the Republican convention is is about lightness and about uh, happiness and about success. And I think that those are winning messages. Um, and, you know, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens come November. I mean, I think that uh, we've had a good show and it's been a fun debate and I hope everybody is happy with how it went. Jody, it's all yours. Okay, I completely agree. Just real quick on the success, the success of the right. Like that's really how, the, it's really how it rolls. It is about praising success. I wanted to close though with just sharing a couple um, quotes from the um, Republican convention. The first one is Vernon Jones, Democrat for Georgia, who is supporting Trump. And I believe we are witnessing his awakening to liberalism in real time. This is his, um, is his quote, the purpose of my speech was to serve as a culture shock, helping others break free of the groupthink shackles placed on us by white liberals. Black Americans like me are free people with free minds. You hear that, Joe Biden? We're not monolithic uh, thinking groups subservient to Democrats' electoral wishes. Trump disrupted what I believe is a false democratic narrative that the Republican Party doesn't care about Black Americans. Thankfully for Black Americans, President Trump continues to reverse the failed legacy of Joe Biden. One more. I don't know if you guys saw this. It was great. Maximo Alvarez, a Miami resident whose family led, uh, fled totalitarian Cuba. His quote is, I have seen movements like this before. I've seen ideas like this before. I heard the promises of Fidel Castro. Those false promises spread the wealth free ec ec education, free healthcare, defund the police, 
the socialist state more than your family um, and your community, don't they, or they don't sound radical to my ears. They sound familiar. And so that's what I want to close with. That was a great quote. I actually, that's about the only speech that I heard a snippet of, and that was fantastic. Anyway, um, great show today. There's nothing I can add to make it better. Um, remind everyone we'll be up on SoundCloud and iTunes within an hour or two, hopefully. And please subscribe. And we will see you next week. Please uh, stay tuned for the exact hour of next week's show. And have a great week. Thank you very much, all. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.